So <laughs> I'm just have saying. no fear. Toxic dick is here. <laughs> <laughs> you had an alibi. Nice. <laughs> Welcome to episode 114 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... The Toxic Dick! <laughs> toxic Dick. <laughs> yeah! Stop or I'll shoot. Yes, am I? Please don't shoot. Please don't. No, he just uh, doesn't go off, man. Come on. I know, you're like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Freeze! <laughs> Little touchy-touchy. Yeah, so we, we were joking around last night, and we came up with this ridiculous superhero character called The Toxic Dick. Who uh, tells his villains to stand still for a minute while he gets ready? Nice. <laughs> I am not the toxic dick. <laughs> you don't want to get shot by the toxic dick. No, you do not. That's your name. No, that's you. No, it was definitely you. No. <laughs> All your characters revolve around you know male genitalia. So <laughs> what? Lord Horsecles is not a dick or balls. He's kind of a dick. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only to his minions. Fair enough. All right, well, let's move on. Uh, we have probably a kind of a short episode this week. We, we've been like crazy, crazy busy, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. Uh, let's get into comics first. Uh, what were your top three this week, Miguel? Hey, my number two this week was Power Lines number one by our good buddy Jimmy Robinson. That's actually my pick of the week. Um, it's a really cool new book by Jimmy. He's doing everything just like he did with The Empty. You know, he does all the art, all the writing, all the coloring. All the lettering, everything. It's incredible that he manages to pull that off because now that I'm writing a comic and I see how much goes into it, I'm just astonished that this one man is capable of doing all of it. <laughs> he got skills, dog. He really does. Jimmy's impressive. Um, so this book's really cool. It's, uh, it's about this young black kid who is pretty smart. Like He has a, a good future. He's going to college, whatever. But he hangs out with some like miscreants. Like All of his friends are not, not exactly gangbangers, but they're like people that like to steal stuff and... and do graffiti and things like that, and they encourage him to live that kind of, you know, young adult criminal lifestyle. And he doesn't really want to do those things. Is this because they're black? You racist bastard. Well, they are. The whole group of them is black. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, he he's resistant to it, but he goes along with it because of peer pressure or whatever. And come to find out, this area that he lives in is actually part of this mystical Native American power source. Like apparently, hundreds of years ago, when you know, just the Native Americans here. There were these power lines that run along like the lateral and longitude lines. And if you lived along those lines long enough, you could absorb enough energy to like gain powers is what it seems like. And some of those powers are like the ability to fly, the ability to shoot energy, whatever. They basically turn you into a superhero. Toxic dick! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten to that character yet. Maybe Jimmy's going to use that. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, nobody's gotten powers from these lines in a long-ass time. So these kids are out, you know, tagging stuff they're doing graffiti the cops show up you know all this stuff's going on and the young black kid who's the main focus of the story all of a sudden his powers are triggered and he flies away that's because he's running from the law yeah he's, he's got to get away from the police and and because of that his powers are triggered because he lives on these lines and he can fly and the funny part is he didn't even do anything he no. didn't even start anything yet. No, he hadn't even done anything he was just getting attacked because he was a young black kid holding a spray paint can yeah the other side of that though there's a, another family that lives on these power lines and it's this white family, Woo. 
And uh, the mom is like a supreme racist. Like, she hates black people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Every word out of her mouth is, like, derogatory towards black people. And her son's just, like, a normal guy who's trying to... Like, he's an army vet, I think. Yeah, he's not like that, though. He's, he's like, he's not totally like opposite. He's, he's just a very, like, liberal, normal guy. Uh, and, of course, the two worlds collide. You know, the young black kid uh, has a friend that steals the cell phone of the mom. And they go to re- reclaim it. They use the Find My iPhone feature, find the kid. And uh, she doesn't even care about the phone. She just wants the phone case back because it belonged to a friend of the family who passed away. So her son, who's like an army vet, goes to confront the, the group of black kids to try to get his phone back. And somehow their powers being close proximity to each other are triggered. And everybody gets knocked down except for the black kid and the white racist lady. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. It was really weird. Uh, I'm... I'm really interested to see where this book goes. Like it's it's a fun read. There's a lot of like political statements in it, I think, and, and a lot of like discussion about racism and things like that. I mean, Jimmy's really done kind of an excellent piece about what the world is like today. Uh, in addition to making it kind of cool and superhero-y, and um, I'm just I'm really impressed with this book. Uh, if you like Jimmy's stuff, I can't recommend this highly enough. Go pick it up. It was a fun read. I enjoyed it. The racist stuff is funny to me. Uh, <laughs> it's because. You racist bastard. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, racism doesn't... I'm not, I'm not a racist. You know this. I am not a racist. I am not a racist. <laughs> Shut up before I give you the toxic dick. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want it. <laughs> he wants it, Vincent. <laughs> no, it's great. I like Jimmy as a guy. He's a he's multi-talented man. I mean, dude's just freaking awesome. And, you know, we read The Empty, and now I'm reading Power Lines. Yeah, it's really, really good. Pick it up, peeps. Definitely. Support him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was my pick of the week, and your number two. Yeah. My number two is actually Darth Vader number 18 from Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca. That was my number one. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's really good. Um, you got a lot of different storylines going on, and it's action-packed. The war's going on on the planet. Darth Vader's down there with his like little vehicle full of Imperial troops, and he's got the two droids with him. Yeah. And uh, they get lured into this ambush. Like they, they think they're getting helped by the leaders of the planet. But really, they're trying to sabotage him. Betrayal. I don't know why people. Everybody thinks they can get away with betraying Vader. It's <laughs> like the biggest dumbass move. It's in the world. really stupid. Um, so Vader's like, okay, well, there's a lot of them. There's a few of us. I have a plan. So he has BT, who's the the killbot droid, go and wake up a whole army of like. You remember the the droids from uh, Phantom Menace? Yep, the Gungan droids uh-huh. or whatever. They have a shitload of those guys on the on the plane. So those guys come out and they just like wipe the floor with the rebels, uh, and then. Vader and his two pseudo-Jedi helper guys go to find the leadership to take him out. Well, the interesting thing is that the two pseudo-Jedi people uh, have never intended to help Vader. They were there simply to lure him into a false sense of security and then try to kill him. Yeah, they're like counting down three, two, one, and they try, and he's like, really? (laughs) Seriously? I tested your character. You failed. Why does everybody think they can take on Vader? (laughs) Stupid. I mean, the stories about this guy have to be like tremendous all across the galaxy. I mean, nothing I've ever heard about Vader makes me think that any regular person should take him on. He swam in lava. Hello. <laughs> and he's not dead. He's a badass. He's one bad man. Dude, even the Emperor kind of fears him a little bit. I'm just saying. Well, I should. Why the eventually. hell would you take on Vader? <laughs> I don't know, but they tried to, and uh, that's kind of where the book ends. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the next one. I mean, like I said, this whole thing was action-packed. Um, I'm not even doing any kind of justice explaining all the stuff that's going on. I mean, it's very similar to the the action sequence from Phantom Menace, the, the very end when Darth Maul shows up and the, the two Jedis are fighting against the Sith. And yeah. 
Um, Amidala is trying to like organize the rebellion inside the castle, and then at the same time, the rebels are all fighting the robots. I mean, it, like it very much parallels that, uh, which is definitely the best part of that movie. So, if you if you enjoy the action sequence, like the the climax of Phantom Menace, you'll enjoy this book because <laughs> it really does parallel that fairly well. Vader's gonna kick their ass. Man. Oh, I have no doubt, and I can't wait to see. He's not getting chopped in half and falling down a mine shaft. That's where the parallels in. <laughs> <laughs> now he's gonna do some torturing. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be bad for those two guys. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy and girl. Yeah, the guy and girl. They're screwed. The brother and sister. They're, they're done. They're done for <laughs> absolutely. Dead men walking. <laughs> Cool. So uh, that was your number one. Yeah. All right. Well, my number one was actually a book we haven't talked about in a while. Saga number 35 from Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples. Really? Yeah. Huh. It was really good. This is the best issue of Saga I've read in a long time. It's a little racist, too. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, so this one's all about uh, Marco and Alana going to retrieve their daughter. They finally figured out where she is. They have a plan to get back there because it's on the robot planet. And they have access to Prince Robot the fourth, who's now... Um, Knight Robot the Fourth or whatever he was disavowed. His yeah, father he, disowned him. He was disowned, so his his status went way down. And they convince him, you know, he has to come with them and represent himself as this count who they've stolen the identity of. And he goes, "I don't look any anything like this man." They're like, "Well, you look like a screen on a body." <laughs> He's like, "That's very racist of you, sir." <laughs> not all, yeah, not all. Not robots. all robots look the same. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I was like waiting for the you racist bastard. <laughs> and we find out that Lion Cat is not unique. To the will. There's yeah. actually another lion cat out there, so maybe uh-huh. that's like a whole species. Nice. That's kind of cool. Um, you got to see some more stuff with the brand. He's trying to track down where Marco and Alana are because he wants to find Prince Robot. Mm-hmm. And he manages to do that and ends up uh, coming into contact with Goose, the little otter guy. Yeah, and has the baby, the right. robot baby. Robot baby, yeah. Um, you heard him and I'll cut you in some. <laughs> like, what? That little thing is good. What? No. I'm not, not going to give away everything that happens, but um, it's it's a really good issue. It's one of the best issues of Saga I've read in a while, so I'm really enjoying it. Sorry, man. The Force was not strong with it. <laughs> you, didn't, was, you didn't like it? It was good, but it was. I thought Vader was better. Vader was better, yeah. All right, well, I'm interested to see what your pick of the week then was. My pick of the week was Godzilla Oblivion Number 1 by Joshua Hill Fialkoff and Brian Chichiria. <laughs> Chirilla? Yeah, whatever. Chinchilla. I don't care. <laughs> Chinchilla. <laughs> well, the book takes place. I don't even know if they're in Tokyo or not, to be honest with you. It looks like kind of New York. looks kind of like Tokyo. You can't really figure it out. I just assume it's Tokyo. It's new Tokyo. New Tokyo? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually didn't read it. I didn't get a chance to. So they're testing some kind of quantum physics. I don't even think it really says. It's like there's no little hashtag or anything anywhere telling you where they're at. And so they're trying to test this new portal, and they, people go through. And the scientists are like, don't go through. We're not ready. But they take people with guns and everything. Well, they go through, and all of a sudden, they run into, like, Rodans and Mothers, like, a bunch of little tiny ones. Like, what the hell, man? There's, like, nobody here, and the whole place looks destroyed. Hmm. And uh, up comes out these other people, like, hey, hey, what are you doing? We've got to get you out of here. People don't come in this section of the town or the city because it's abandoned. And then Mechagodzilla shows up because that's the people using Mechagodzilla to kill the other monsters. Let's kill some monsters. And they explain to these people, a while back, all hell broke loose. Hell rained down. The monsters came. They took over. They destroyed everything. Well, then another monster showed up, beat all their asses, killed them all off, and keeps the monsters from growing. They don't go full strength now. They stay small and weak. It's Godzilla. It's like, and so we do everything to make sure he's happy, <laughs> to keep him happy. Well, they see Godzilla show up, and so they're running away. And then they're going to try to go back to the portal, and that's when they see King Ghidorah show up. And King Ghidorah starts walking toward the portal, and they, they run through, like, shut it off, turn it off, turn it off. 
they don't cut off in time. So King Ghidorah comes through the portal, and so he's now in their world, and that's where it ends. And he's standing in their office, like ah, doing his little head thing. It's like that's fucking amazing. Huh. So there's no Godzilla in their time, I think. But there's now they have a monster. Now King Ghidorah is now on Earth or their Earth now. So it's really weird. Interesting. And so it's got a story. So that was actually pretty cool. Other than it be like the other Godzilla book where you just see Godzilla running around fighting things, which is cool too. But it's a story, so it made it really cool. Hmm. So I'm interested to see what happens. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. And of course, it's by Fjolkov. Fjolkov yeah, I mean, Fjolkov's great. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. It's been kind of a crazy week for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and if you don't know why it's been a crazy week, let me tell you. Um, so we launched the Kickstarter for Grey Bear Comics' first book, Speak No Evil, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before. You know, it's the story of these two teenage brothers in the 1930s who uh, find this cabin in the woods. They're on the run. And when they find the cabin, they don't know that 10 years before it was used by H.P. Lovecraft and Nikola Tesla for strange experiments. And, uh, of course, the boys aren't just going to sit around, so they explore the cabin and find something that will change their lives forever. Uh, That's kind of the elevator pitch for it, but um, it's a real fun story. we got a lot of real cool people working on it, Um, and our Kickstarter has done way better than I expected it to. Uh, Day one, we're currently at 36 backers and $1,800 and already funded. Huge! Hey, man, give me uh, two names of two people you didn't expect to donate so much money. Um, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, Miguel helped us out quite a bit. So, so thank you, man. I appreciate it. I told that. you I was going to be the biggest backer. Well, you got the biggest back, that's for sure. No, whoa. <laughs> Baby's got back. That's what my wife tells me. That's why you keep breaking shit when you sit on it. <laughs> that shit ain't funny, dog. You about to get hit with the toxic penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but seriously though, I appreciate all the support from everybody, all the listeners that came out and, and supported us on day one and retweeted and shared. I mean, we had like a crazy number of shares. It was like a hundred and something overall for the day. So, I mean, thank you to everybody for, for spreading the word. Um, I, I think it got noticed by some people. I'm hoping that tomorrow when Kickstarter picks their new featured projects, we become one of them. I mean, we got over a third of the way there on day one, so it's certainly possible. I'd like to think. Um, I also want to thank all the podcasts that had us on to talk about our book this past week. Uh, we were on Books vs. Movie podcast, the Geek Yogurt podcast, Dave the Nerd, uh, his Nerd Compendium podcast, the Bri-Fi podcast, Adrian Has Issues, and of course, Metal Geeks. Um, so thank you, everybody. Bri-Fi podcast, Bri-Fi podcast, Bri-Fi podcast. <laughs> Come on, book reviews. Bri-Fi podcast. <laughs> yeah, Bri-Fi does have the best intro. and in, in Sibian of- writing. Bye-bye podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs> he does have the best intro. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for supporting us. Um, and if you haven't yet and you, you want to, uh, Kickstarter runs until May 2nd. You know, I'm hoping we hit our goal. That would be so cool. Uh, we have, like I said, the first three issues completely written and a plan for 20. So we're just going to keep putting out material until somebody picks us up. I think the book's good enough. Um, everybody that's read it has enjoyed it. So uh, just going to keep trucking. Hey, keep on, man. That's all you can do. Oh, by the way, SOC Podcast said they'd love to have you on. Yeah, I talked, to, I talked to them this morning, so we're going to try to work that out. There you go, man. See, I'm yeah. here pimping you left and right. Pimping you like a hooker. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've been tweeting about you guys nonstop, man. Appreciate it. Even though you left me out of the project, I'm still, I still got your back. You're going to be a character? Even though I give you don't you, even have to pay to be a character. You're going to be a character. <laughs> <laughs> even though I'm giving you all my hard work and money. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing about the Kickstarter is that the $100 reward level, we were giving away the opportunity to have your likeness drawn into the second issue, and we only had four of those. Like, It's a real tight book. There's not a whole lot of background characters. I mean, everybody has a main 
a main purpose. We already know what a lot of them are supposed to look like, but there was four characters that we could play with. Those four are the first things that sold. Apparently, everybody wants to have their likeness drawn into a comic, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I was, I was really happy so many people were on board with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's great, man. It was a really cool feeling. We stayed up till what? One? We left at one, I think? Yeah, we had, we had a, a Kickstarter launch party at George's house, and man, it was an absolute riot. We were cracking jokes and... <laughs> a lot of race bombs, man. A lot of race bombs going on in that party. Well, you're a racist bastard. What no, what? No, I was the only Latino member there. So, you, what, it was like twice as bad for you? Yes. <laughs> you had to make it up for all the rest of them that weren't there? That's right. <laughs> That's pretty true, actually. A lot of Home Depot <laughs> jokes. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, you were making half of them. <laughs> No, it was a lot of fun, and thanks to George for hosting that. Uh, we had a blast. And uh, I promise I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the Kickstarter every single week, but um, if you guys would go out and support it, uh, it would mean a lot to me. I'd really appreciate it. And, you know, please support him, because I don't want to hear this every week. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have about 5,700 followers apiece. If anybody just donates $1, $1 today will help a starving kid in, <laughs> in Houston, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> No, $1 from anybody, everybody, would fund your book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be this, whatever, a dollar. Yeah, well, a dollar just gets you a thank you in the back of the book, but, I mean, yeah. your name will be memorialized like that, or $5 gets you a digital copy, which, you know, that's $5 flat. There's no additional shipping or anything like that. So, you know, if you just want to read the book, but you don't care that much about having a signed physical copy or anything, just 5 bucks. There you go. And, again, People got to remember, guys, and I'm saying this to you and me here because I think people have forgotten. We are the podcast of the people. Remember, we are about the people. And when you say you're going to put their name in the back of the book, you legitimately mean that. And those people are going to be forever in your heart because they're going to be the guys or the gals or whatever to help you. What's a whatever? I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The horses that helped. <laughs> That's right. They helped you make your dream come true. Yeah. And they will forever mean something to you. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I mean, I'll forever be able to say, I backed you the most, you mother. <laughs> you owe me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I really hope it goes through. I really do. Um, got my fingers crossed. And, dude, if I could give you more money, if I could sponsor you myself, I'd give you the money. I appreciate that, man. But you don't have to do it all by yourself. The whole point of the Kickstarter is really to get the word out and to get people to find the book and to get people get it into a lot of people's hands. Because we want to build an audience and we want to build a, a fan base. And this is the best way to do it. You... Are a good example to my kids to show that you can do something if you work hard writing a comic book. Since one of them likes to draw, you know, appreciate it, man. I really do. I wish you the best of luck, and hopefully this gets through, and then you can start on writing your next book called Toxic Dick. Yeah, <laughs> all about Miguel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it all. Gotcha. Well, let's move on to everybody's favorite segment. Tell me a funny story. All right, my funny story happened to me last night, but I could have got shot. I could have got arrested, and a bunch of other bad stuff could have happened to me. We're just going to leave it at that. Well, you had to work last night. Obviously, we work for the same place, and so you needed a laptop. And I had my laptop in the car, so, hey, I'll go get it for you. No problem. You know, it's a good thing. I just by luck, I had it back there, which allowed you to stay even later that night. Yeah, well, the problem was that I was uh, performing an upgrade for a customer, and uh, we were supposed to start at a certain time but they texted me and said hey we're gonna start an hour and a half early yeah. <laughs> and i was like what the hell i don't even have time to make it home <laughs> yeah so it was a good thing i had my laptop yeah it, it worked just, out i was glad you had it that was just weird but anyway so i went out to the car and i got it, it was nice and chilly you know and i'm in this neighborhood that i've never been in before 
And so I go to my car, open it up. I'm looking around, make sure nobody's going to jump me. You know, I don't know where I'm at. So I get it, oh, close my trunk, and I start walking back. Well, I misjudged the distance. So I was walking up to the door, and I go to grab the handle. And I actually put my hand on the knob, and then I realize this is not the right house. <laughs> this is not the right door. Holy shit. <laughs> back away slowly, wipe off the fingerprints, go, go, go. <laughs> Talk about hauling ass. And the only reason I knew that is because I heard your people laughing from the backside of the other house. Because we're loud. Yeah, you were very loud. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Did I just almost walk into somebody's house with a, ba- with a black bag, Mexican in the middle of the night, <laughs> scared of that shit. And it would have been worse. It would have been like a family with some young kids. Dude, I could have gotten shot. <laughs> it had been some shooting. Because this is Texas. Yeah. And they shoot Mexicans on sight. So <laughs> I'm just Have saying. no fear. Toxic dick is here. <laughs> you got an alibi. <laughs> nice. But, yeah, I went over there, and I, I was like, holy crap. I was like, you just guys don't know what just happened. I totally misjudged and went to the wrong house and almost went in. If the door would have been open, if like George didn't have his door unlocked, if I would have just turned the knob and walked in and not realized it, dude, <laughs> dude, I'd have been like, oh, oh man. It, it just it really set in for a while. I was like, damn, I just almost broke into someone's house. Just breaking <laughs> and entering. I know. <laughs> what the hell, man? So it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But it was kind of funny. Everybody just starts laughing at me, you dumbass. <laughs> and, of course, they're laughing at me because when I left, instead of pulling the door open, I was trying to push it to go through. <laughs> you also almost fell through the wall. <laughs> you're I, trying to demonstrate something. I was, I was not going to go through the and, wall. Uh, you're like, George, is this wall going to hold me? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you threw yourself against the wall. And George is like, man, if that wall broke, I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. And of course, then Heather and my wife were like, hey, Kool-Aid. Like, fuck y'all. <laughs> well, at least you weren't wearing your red shirt last night. <laughs> I know. I was sporting my Harley gear. Yeah. But yeah, so that was my funny story. I almost went into somebody's house. Didn't you almost break another shelf, too? Or you did break another shelf? Your wife told us something about that. No. I just happened to lean on a shelf one day, and it snapped. Another one at Target? No, this was at HB. She said it was a Target again. Well there, was, well, there was one at Target, one at HEB, one at Walmart, one at Best Buy. <laughs> Shut up, man. These damn shelves must be stronger than that crap. They, they can only hold a certain weight, man. I was just leaning. Yeah, but they, you, your weight's still on your arms when you're leaning on shit. <laughs> I can't help it. it, it they hold like little frail glass vases and shit. <laughs> you're leaning on them with your like nice. pounds. This shit had Gatorade on it, so if it can hold Gatorade, it should be able to hold me. <laughs> Too much weight. Was it was it regular Gatorade or Gatorade Fierce? Because you might have a point if it's Gatorade Fierce. No, it was regular Gatorade. It's G two. Yeah. That's the, the light the light Gatorade. No wonder it couldn't hold your ass. <laughs> that makes sense now. So yeah, I'm breaking shelves around the world, <laughs> every different location. Thor's like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> it's like bent in half and shit. Well, you, you worked on the breaking, and then you tried to do the entering, so, you know. Nice. Well, on your, well, your way to be a criminal. A criminal. <laughs> Next is flashing. Oh, please no. You said toxic dick, so flashing. <laughs> no, you're going to have a special costume. To like. Nice. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. I don't even want to know what Ryder does with this. <laughs> I actually can't wait to see what Ryder that's does That's terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's my funny story. Breaking and entering and breaking shelves. Those are pretty funny. <laughs> for who? Not for, for me. For, for the me? cops came. Yeah, <laughs> All right, man. Well, what do you want to move on to next? Uh, we got a comics, movie, and TV news. Like I said, it's a short week. Um, we're both still really busy with stuff. But let's go with comics. Comics. Okay. There's only two things for comics this week. Uh, Marvel has released teaser images of the Dead No More Spider-Man crossover that's supposed to be coming out, hmm. and it's a connecting covers kind of thing. Um, when you hear Dead No More with Spider-Man, what do you think? Ben is coming back. Ben Riley. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Kane. Okay. 
Uncle Ben? <laughs> he is on the cover. <laughs> uh, everybody who was dead in Spider-Verse is back. Superior Spider-Man. Well, see, here's the thing. The last image that was released finally, and it is Dr. Octopus with a whole new body, new arms. Um, I guess the robot, ver- robot brain version of him rebuilt a body for him. Wow. Um, it looks interesting. It looks very interesting. Kane is also there as the Scarlet Spider. Ben Riley is also there as the Scarlet Spider. Uh, I have a feeling a lot of the people that we've been missing in the Spider-Verse, for lack of a better word, are coming back. Really? So I'm pretty excited about it. Well, I'm picking that up. Uh, we don't really have any details about whether it's going to be a, like an Amazing Spider-Man tie-in or whether it's going to be like a standalone miniseries or what. The only thing we know for sure is that the first issue, the prequel issue, is going to be coming out with Free Comic Book Day. Okay. Got to pick so that up, man. It's definitely worth picking up. Um, it looks really cool. And I'm, I'm more, even more than Dr. Octopus. I'm really excited to see Kane come back. Yeah. Which, uh, Ben Riley, the one we saw from Spider-Verse? Yeah. Okay, cool. He was cool. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't want him to die again. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited for this. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. It's Marvel sometimes does crossovers right, and sometimes they don't do them right, but this one looks like it's pretty cool. So uh, The other piece of comic news is that CGC, the Comics Guarantee Company, has unveiled new holders. Uh, you know, they do the, the slabs for the comics. Like, they do the grading, and they slab them, uh-huh. and then the slabs are supposed to be waterproof and protect your comics really well and stuff, but they have new ones that are coming out that are way more durable they actually have like a new snap feature on them, and instead of having the label that goes on the outside, because sometimes those peel up, they're like interior now. Yeah, um, they just look a lot more secure and a lot more durable than the previous ones were. So that's nice. pretty freaking cool. Yeah, and uh, there's no price difference as far as I'm aware. It looks like they're going to be starting to be used on April fourth. Cool. So they open their game. That's cool. Yeah. So I think that's pretty pretty neat, worth mentioning, especially if you're somebody who collects and likes to have your stuff graded. Uh, that's good news for the future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's it for comics. Uh, so what do you want to next? Movies TV. or TV? TV. Okay, there's only one piece of TV news. Damn! Like I said, it's a very light week. So Jessica Henwick from Game of Thrones, she's one of the Sand Snakes. Uh, she's been cast as Colleen Wing in Iron Fist for Netflix. Okay. Which Sand Snake is she? Uh, the, the, the one that was messing with Braun? Not that one. Okay. No. The older one. Okay. Um, I, think, I think she was the older one. I could see her doing that. Yeah. Yeah, she knows martial arts. She's, you know, well-trained and whatnot. So. She'll be pretty cool. I think so. I think so. Uh, that's it for casting, though. That's it for TV. <laughs> like nice. I said, super short week. Can I get some movies? All right. There's, there's a lot of movies, at least. Um, All right. So Deadpool. You know, we talked about how, how big of an R-rated movie it was, you know, how popular it's been and everything. Uh-huh. Actually, now it is officially the f- highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. Damn straight. Not superhero movie. Overall movie. Oh, wow. Highest rated R-rated movie of all time. Holy crap. That's amazing, right? Yeah. Does that take inflation prices into it, in fact? Or? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. So that guarantees there'll be a second one. <laughs> there was, was going to be a second one the first day that Deadpool came out. Nice. <laughs> it, made, it made way more money than they So now we could probably have a trilogy. Oh, there, I imagine Deadpool's going to be a mainstay in Fox's repertoire of movies for a long and time. I bet you they're probably kicking themselves in the ass for waiting so long to do it. I'm sure they are. Yeah. They missed out on making a ton of money. And Ryan Reynolds is cashing checks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anybody involved with that movie is cashing checks, I bet. <laughs> and he's perfect Deadpool. He can be Deadpool till he's dead. He probably will be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think that's great news. Uh, Batman vs. Superman, however, is not doing so well. Uh, apparently, they took a 71.5% loss on the Friday after release. Uh, so like they made 70, 72% less money a week out than they did the week of release. Yeah, I heard it was like a massive drop. Massive drop. Uh, they only made $15 million 
during the second weekend the movie was out. Okay. $15 million. $15 million. Granted, they made $587 million worldwide, uh-huh. which is still really, really good. But um, people are speaking with their money. I mean, a lot of people weren't happy with it, and I guess that shows. I mean, that's fine. DC knows they just got to tighten it up a little bit, fix it here and there, fix it there and that, and go back at it. But I think Wonder Woman's going to bring in some cash. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved Wonder Woman. Everybody loved Batman. I think that's universal across all the reviews. Um, and you got that Batman news coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's very likely the standalone in- independent films of the DC universe are going to be well-received. Uh, the question is whether Justice League will be well-received after Well, I'm Batman thinking because they try to smush so much into this Batman Superman movie, and after everybody has their little individual movies and they come back to do the Justice League, I think it'll be fine. I think they'll have all that shit out of the way, so they don't have to do that anymore. And then they can have a Justice League movie. I hope so. And if it's Dark Side, off the chain. If it's done right. Yeah, and I don't think they can fuck it up. I think they have to learn from what happened here. And like I said, I think a lot of the stuff was they were trying to smoosh so much into it. And so if they just keep it on the one story, now everybody's already got the origin crap told, and they just go with that story. Like Justice League War, that'd be a good movie. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, uh, speaking of uh, DC movies, um, you know Suicide Squad. Yeah. Have you heard the news about them doing reshoots? Yeah, but that was already done a while back, I believe, is what Snyder said. Well, the, pretty much any movie, they almost always have to do reshoots to fix certain scenes or like have certain things work the way they need them to. It's pretty standard. Uh, the interesting thing about Suicide Squad is that they did reshoots for the sole purpose of adding comedy to the movie. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. After the backlash from Batman vs. Superman, they recorded new scenes, rewrote some parts of the script, and tried to make it more humorous. And reshot different scenes of, of Suicide Squad. Some more Harley jokes. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing specifically, but... Um, more Captain Boomerang. How do you feel about that? That's... Man, you gotta, you gotta have pride in what you're putting out there. If it wasn't right the first time, then, you know... You can't second-guess yourself like that. Because are they going to be able to fix it right? It's not going to look shitty now, is it? You know? No, I mean, I'm sure that the cinematography and, and directing and stuff will be great. I'm not worried about any of that. I guess it's a good thing that you can see how the market took everything and you can go quickly make changes and fix it mm-hmm. and make, okay, this seems like a better product. But at the same time, it kind of makes you feel kind of worried because, you know, they're not happy with what they had. You know, they were all like, well, this is what we're doing. They've been so stuck to their guns about comic book movies are not meant to be funny. They're not meant to be goofy. We're not doing what Marvel does. We're very serious at DC, and we're mm-hmm. doing serious movies about serious characters living serious lives. And for them to just go and do comedy rewrites kind of seems like a spit in the face of their own principles. <laughs> I mean, granted, Suicide Squad does have a lot of like comical characters. Like Harley's definitely a, a jokester. Um, you know, Captain Boomerang's a smartass. Deadshot's a smartass. Like, there are jokey things that you expect to see in Suicide Squad, um, and I'm honestly surprised to hear that there weren't a lot of those already. Like the need for more shouldn't have been there. I don't think you're probably right. They probably, like I said, they're overthinking. They're yeah. overthinking. They're panicking. They're getting scared. Probably so. Like if Superman, Batman made a billion dollars, this wouldn't have happened. They wouldn't have cared. That's probably true. But I think they're panicking. Yeah. Time will tell. We'll see the movie and then we'll be able to know for sure. <laughs> stick to your guns, stick to your principles, whatever you're going to do, go with it, whatever happens. But just make sure it's a good product. That's all I'm saying. I mean, don't do like you did with Batman Superman, cram 8,000 things into one movie. Uh, Suicide Squad looked okay. I wasn't happy with how Harley looks. He's going to be portrayed. But I was going to go with an open mind. Mm-hmm. I was going to get my money. Yeah. I'm a little weird, a little, little concerned now. But, you know, I'll still go in and see it. Who knows? Maybe, and maybe those tweaks worked. 
we'll, maybe we'll so. Find I mean, out. Th- there's we could go in there and be surprised. I mean, it could just be an amazing movie. But it I is unprecedented it is. to really hear somebody making twerks that had more comedy before twerks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> making twerks. That's twerks. <laughs> making changes like that, you know, last minute changes. Yeah. Damn. It's interesting. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Somebody gonna get fired, dog. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this movie bombs. Somebody getting fired. Uh, wouldn't surprise me. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, we also got first look at uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, and uh, the other guy is Baron Mordo. I can never say his name. Yeah. Equifor or whatever. Like, Stop cussing at me, man. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, so we got the first images of them in costume. He, he looks like Doctor freaking Strange. He looks really good, yeah. I, okay, first of all, dude's an amazing actor, so I think he pulled this crap off. At first, I was like, he's going to suck, dude. Seriously? I don't think he can pull it off, and then I'm going to make it look right, and then i like, Ooh, that's pretty good. He's got the look. Um, he's not one of my favorite actors. Like, I know a lot of people love him. He was con. He was good as smog, that's for sure. <laughs> he was also con. And he was okay as con. <gasps> he was okay as Bite con. Bite your tongue. <laughs> I didn't love him as con. He was just okay as con. Yeah, smog, he was pretty good smog. Yeah. He was very good smog, though. Um, I think you pull it off. He has, he has the look for Doctor Strange. I know he's an okay actor. He's just, he's not my favorite. He's not who I would have cast in the role. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. I like Doctor Strange a lot, so I'm I'm kind of excited to see the movie. Robert Downey Jr. can't do everything, man. He can't be <laughs> Peter Baelish, man. <laughs> you know I want a Game of Thrones guy. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Littlefinger. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that would. Ooh, that would. Yeah. yeah, he would have been perfect. I still think Benedict Cumberbatch is going to do fine. I think we'll be surprised. I think he's going to wind up pulling that shit off. Like, dude, he's Doctor Strange. Probably so. I mean, Marvel doesn't really make a lot of missteps, so uh, I I'm sure it will be good. We shall see. Yeah, we'll see. And then the very last piece of news, which is probably the most exciting thing, is that we got a teaser trailer for The Killing Joke. I wet my pants. <laughs> it's, it's almost nothing. It's basically the Joker playing with some cards, Batman making a statement, and the Joker laughing. But still, it's fucking cool. <laughs> Dude, his face. Okay, first of all, I told you this before. DC animated cartoons are like the freaking best. Yeah. I mean, they are just like, they own that shit. Marvel can't do that shit right at all. No. But DC owns that shit. Yeah, they make a couple of shitty ones here and there, but 90% of their stuff is great. That shit is going to be great. Controversy is going to be out the ass. We're going to talk about this for weeks. And I, I freaking love it. I'm getting that shit on Blu-ray, 3D, whatever the fuck I got to buy it. And if it even comes with a comic book cover, I'm buying that shit too. Because, <laughs> dude, I'm freaking stoked. Yeah, I'm I more stoked for that than anything else right now. <laughs> I think I am too. Yeah. Killing joke, man. It's going to be good. Uh, it's going to be good. I agree with you. Everything you just said. Uh, I can't DC wait to see it. animated movies are just fantastic. Hell yeah. So. It's always funny how I used to watch uh, watch Batman back in the day, and my dad would watch Batman in the anime series on TV. He's mm-hmm. like, "It's pretty." My dad would go, "It's pretty messed up that this Batman's more of a badass than the Batman they got in the show." I was like, "Yeah, this Batman's pretty bad, some bitch. You don't fuck around." And you saw the little memes on Facebook, or it's like, "It's funny that we're tougher than our live action people." <laughs> It's like, that's crazy. You can do a lot more with animation. That is true. You're not restricted by the, the physical attributes of the people playing the characters. So. That's true, but Batflack was one hell of a Batman. Sure, he really was. He was great. Scared shit out of me. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for news. Uh, I want to remind everybody to please follow us on our social media. You can find us at facebook.com slash comicalpodcast. On Twitter, I am at comicalpodcast. I'm at comicalpodcast, too. Uh, we're also on Instagram as those handles as well. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And if you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. Um, also, I want to give a shout-out to the networks we're a part of, uh, nerdbong.com, wickedradionetwork.com, and Beyond the Dawn Radio, where they play our show every single weeknight from 7 to 8 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. Say, man, I told you when I first brought them to the table that Beyond the Dawn was going to be the bomb. 
And these people freaking love us. Yeah, they, they really play do. us constantly. They constantly give us shout outs. T Don, you're amazing. Keep up the great work. We thank you, man. Love, love all the love you give us there. Definitely, definitely. And uh, that's pretty much it, guys. So keep on laughing, bitches. Bright five podcast. Bright five podcast. Bright five. Bright five.